Hallelujah. I appreciate the hand claps and praise, but can we lift our hands in this moment? Can we begin to bless his name, the one who gave us breath in our body? The one who caused us to wake up and put clothes on our back and to be in our right mind. Can we begin to bless his name? I don't feel it right to preach without giving his name glory in this moment. Come on, with the fruit of your lips, begin to bless his name. God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. God, the very fact that we're breathing, God, that means you're good. God, you've been better to us, better to us, God, than we could ever be to ourselves, God. So for that, God, we say thank you. Hallelujah. You are mighty and worthy to be praised. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. I know preachers don't typically do this, y'all, but I'm preaching on our church's birthday. Is that all right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Usually have a, a guest preacher, but I'm so grateful for the gift of Serene Tate, our guest psalmist this morning. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Can we give a hand clap of praise for our musicians? We bless God for them. And I want you to know there's many others that I want to acknowledge publicly, but my heart is made glad. When God gave me the theme for this weekend, I had no clue what he was really trying to say. But he said the return. If anybody was here for our second church anniversary, the men had to bring in chairs because the church was so packed. Because of a pandemic, everything shut down. I began to question God. You told me to plant a church in this season, and all of a sudden things shut, shut down. But the Lord said he would revive the promise. And that's good news to me, y'all. Give God a hand clap of praise. I want you to take up your Bibles. So grateful for all of you, all of you. Take up your Bibles if you have it. I want to stand in reverence of God's word. Pastor Jose, I love you, you and your wife so dearly. So grateful to have you in the house of the Lord. Thank you for our praise dancers, for setting the atmosphere. Thank you for my wife. I'm going to say, I'm going to leave that to the end, but just thank y'all. I love y'all dearly. Second Chronicles chapter 36. I want to read verses 19 through 23. It's a lengthy passage of scripture, but I need us to hear this to get what God is saying to the church. Reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, then they burned down the house of God. I believe the enemy wanted to burn down the house of God over the course of these last two years. They broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire, and destroyed all of its precious possessions. And those who escaped from the sword, somebody say, that's me. He carried away to Babylon where they became servants to him and his son until the rule of, king, of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbath and as long as she lay desolate, she kept the Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of, the, of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation. Somebody say, that's a promise. Throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me and he's commanded me to build him a house 
at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you, all of his people? May the Lord, his God, be with him and let him go up. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hey, Raj, can you bring me that bottle of water for me? I want to minister for this subject this morning. God's reason for our return. Tell your neighbor God's reason for our return. He's given us a reason to return. I believe one of the most difficult things on this journey called life is when we encounter situations that cause us to lose our strength to worship. I don't know about y'all, but the old folks used to say, if you ain't have it happen yet, you just need to keep on living. There's things that you can encounter on this journey that will make it difficult to worship. Uh, there's things that we encounter on this journey called life where it feels like the walls are closing in on us. Somebody say that's living. Uh, and it, and that, there's things that happen in our life that cause us to believe that we have no level of worth. I don't know about you, but if you just live for a few days on this earth, there's things that will do that to you because life knows how to do that, especially when we encounter things in life, somebody say that are unexpected. Uh, Y'all know it's an unexpected diagnosis that can make it difficult to worship. You go to the doctor, you think everything's well, and somebody say it's unexpected. It's that unexpected death that we did not see coming that seems like the walls are closing in on us. Somebody say it's unexpected. And it's that unexpected. Y'all know when you're just trying to love your man or your boo and they come with you with a demand for divorce. Somebody say it causes me to lose my worth. It's the unexpected things of life that will cause us, watch this, to have a season where it's difficult to worship, uh, where the walls are closing in on us, and when we don't feel like we have a level of worth. And here's the sad reality, is that many people know how to endure the expected things of life. Y'all know the stuff that's on our calendar, but it's the stuff that is unexpected that makes it difficult to endure. I believe this season, I don't know about y'all, you might be um, living in a hole if this ain't you, but this season has caused us to have countless experiences with unexpected encounters in life. It says many of us, to include believers, and I believe, watch this, this suffering that we've encountered over these last two years have brought in some things to the surface. Y'all know we thought our mental health was strong, but we realized it was not as strong as we thought it was. Other things, we, we, we thought that our marriage was secure, but it brought that thing to the surface. Somebody say to the surface. And even some of the ministries that we were connected to, we realized that they weren't as safe as we thought they would be. Uh, somebody say that it came to the surface. Matter of fact, some of y'all going to ministries that ain't as saved as you thought they were. Uh, we encountered some things along the way during this season that were unexpected. And for many of us, these unexpected encounters caused us, watch this, to go into exile. And somebody might be saying, what is exile, Pastor Keith? You got to break that thing down for me. I want you to understand what exile is. It's when we're removed or unable to reside in the places where we had already built a sense of community. Somebody say exile. You know, when I used to could hang out with certain folk, but these encounters caused me to go to exile. I was removed and unable to reside in the places that were consistent in my life. And watch this. I'm unable to remove, uh, reside in the places that brought a level of comfort. Some of us are experiencing, watch this, seasons of exile. 
Somebody say exile. And I need y'all to understand this is the place where the enemy wants us to be. If we remain in exile too long, you begin to believe that it's the end of a thing. Ah, the stuff that was consistent, the things that were, was my community, the things that gave me comfort. The enemy wants me to remain in exile so long that I believe it's the end of a thing. Somebody say, but the devil is alive. It's not necessarily the end of a thing, uh, but many times, watch this, God can use our exile for self-reflection. I was doing some things beforehand that I did not realize, and God uses this season for me to reflect. Somebody say reflect. He also, he also uses exile to repair some things in my life. Uh, you know, sometimes you can't repair stuff around other folk. You got to be, somebody say, in solitude. And then he uses seasons of exile to restore me. Sometimes, and I said this in previous sermons, y'all know some folk can come around you and draw strength from you. It, it takes you, it takes strength just to be around you. So God says, I got to put you in exile to restore you. Somebody say, exile ain't all that bad. It ain't all that bad. And this means there are times where it won't be the end of a thing, but our exile will end at some point. And this is the very reason why I believe for many of us, God has called us to return. I don't know what God is calling you to return to, but I believe individually God is calling us to return. Corporately, God is calling us to return. And as a church, God is calling us collectively to return. Somebody say, to return. Uh, and, and as it was with the children of Israel, I believe likewise it is with us. The children of Israel encountered an unexpected thing in life that caused them to be in captivity. Uh, it was unexpected. They were removed from their place of community, removed from their place of consistency, and even removed from their place of comfort and found themselves subject to captivity. All that they thought was normal had suddenly come to a halt. Have y'all ever been in a place where everything that you thought was normal suddenly came to a halt? And this is where we find the children of Israel in our text. Uh, but then God, in the midst of this text, is saying that I want you to return to Jerusalem. I've been in captivity, God, and now you're telling me to return to Jerusalem. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves is, especially when we're in our own seasons of exile, and I, I love the teach, so I have it on our screen, we've got to ask ourselves, how could the children of Israel be so sure of their return? Somebody say they were in captivity for 72 years. 72 years. How did they know they could proceed back to their place of community, consistency, and comfort? And, and somebody may be saying, why are the answers to these questions so significant? Because it will reveal if we can be so sure if we should return as well. It's some stuff that God is, God is calling us to return to. But I want to make sure that I'm sure about what God is telling me. Because I know what I came out of. And likewise with the children of Israel, I believe we can glean, glean some level of wisdom to be sure that we've been called to return. So my prayer this morning is as we collectively celebrate the way Church of Tampa Bay, I love y'all. I thank y'all for celebrating with us. But I believe God is going to speak to us, somebody say, individually. individually. 
and corporately this morning. So here's what I want to do. I always like to examine the text. So let's examine the text. It's on your screen. I want us to look at verse number 20. Notice what the text says. And those who escaped from the sword, that's good news, he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. We can return, watch this, because the enemy hasn't defeated you, but the enemy has already been defeated. The, the reason that I can return is not because I've been defeated, but my enemy has been defeated. Somebody say, my enemy has been defeated. And here's the sad reality. Many believers fail to return because they feel defeated. We don't return to what God is calling us to return to because many of us feel, somebody say, beat down. Somebody might be saying, what do I mean? I'll tell you what I mean. The words of the doctor defeated our ability to fight. The pain of that divorce um, defeated our ability to have faith. And the remembrance of their negative deeds against us, God, watch this, defeated our ability to fight. We feel defeated because of what the doctor said. Because of what that divorce did to us. Uh, maybe it was because of the deeds that they did against us. It causes us to lose the ability, somebody say, to fight. And watch this, many have really defeated themselves rather than the enemy defeating them. For most of us, the enemy does not have to do a lot of work because we walk around defeated. And the enemy, watch this, can sit back and watch ourselves defeat our own selves. Oh, somebody say that's a sad tragedy. We've got believers walking around defeated. Notice the good news in our foundational text concerning the children of Israel. The Bible says, and those who escaped from the sword. I need y'all to hear this. The sword of the enemy was intended to kill them, yet they survived. So the very fact that you survived is a, is a, a sign that Satan is already defeated. See, I like the old church. I'm just so grateful that I survived. What the enemy meant for my evil, God turned it around for my good. Somebody say I survived. Oh, that's good news to me that I survived. Oh, here's this. Watch this. The enemy desired for this season to kill me, but I survived. Oh, this season may have been difficult, but somebody say I survived. No, I love how the amplified version of Ecclesiastes 9 and 4 puts it. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, and whenever whoever is joined with all the living has hope. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. Uh, surely a live dog is better than a dead lion. Somebody, I'm a, somebody say, I'm alive. I'm alive. Oh, that's good news to me. That means they may have hurt you, but you're still here. Uh, that means you may have taken some hits, but I'm still here. Watch this. This may mean you may have endured some hardship, but you're still here. Yeah. Oh, it's good news that I'm still here. Yeah. Somebody say, I'm still, here. I'm still here. They tried to hurt me, but I'm still here. I may have taken some hits, but girl, I'm still here. Uh, and listen, I don't like to encourage talking to the enemy, but somebody needs to declare to the devil, I'm not dead. It's you who's defeated. Did y'all hear what I just said? I'm not dead. It's you who's defeated. And the sad reality is, is you have many believers walking around as dead men. And we've got to declare that I still survive. The very people that were close to me that tried to hurt me, but I'm still here. Y'all look good this morning. Somebody say, I'm still here. I don't even know your story, but you survived. Oh, 
I love how the latter portion of our foundational text gives us confidence that the enemy has been defeated. Notice what the text says. The Bible says these people, the children of Israel, were carried away to Babylon where they became servants to him and his son. Somebody say until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. That's critical to me. The one who once had the children of Israel in captivity no longer had rule over them. The Bible says that that um, King Nebuchadnezzar had rule over the children of Israel. Somebody say until. You may have had me in one season, but somebody say until. That means watch this. Oh, that's good news to me. That means no one has that type of power over you because the enemy does not have control over your season of exile. Oh, that's good news, y'all. But God does. Somebody say God does. Uh, As it was with the children of Israel, so it is with us. No one has that type of power. Somebody say not even the enemy over your current situation. And many of us, here's the sad reality. We believe the, the enemy has power over our current situation. I'm not going to operate thinking that the enemy has power over my current situation. Somebody say he's already defeated. He's already defeated. The enemy doesn't have power over your mind. The enemy does not have power over your marriage. The enemy does not have power over your money. Somebody say God does. I love how the prophet Daniel speaks of the Lord's power in Daniel 2.21. The Bible says he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. This means, watch this, God has authority over those who have authority. I know what the economy looks like, but God has authority over the economy. I know what the political situation looks like, but God has authority over that. I know the war that's going on across this nation. But somebody say God has authority over that. I'm not going to operate as someone who does not believe that God has authority. Somebody say over everything. That's good news to me, y'all. Over everything. And this is why we must rest in the fact that no season has power over us. But God has power over our seasons. And this is why God has given us a reason to return. Hear this, I could stop right here, y'all, that because the enemy has been defeated. I don't know what enemy you've been battling in this season, but somebody declared that enemy has been defeated. Many of us are still wrestling with things in this season, and God is trying to tell us that enemy has been defeated. And here's the reason that we can return, because our enemy has been defeated. Now now I want to look at the next portion of our text. Notice what it says in verses 21 through 22. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbath. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia so that he made a proclamation throughout all of his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, I want to stop right there. Whenever we can receive a word from God is a sign that despite the battle, we win. Listen, all I need is one word. Somebody say, all I need is one word. I don't care what battle I'm fighting. All I need is one word because when God speaks, that settles it. My former pastor said it that way. When God speaks, it settles it. And many of us are losing our minds and God is speaking and he said, I've already settled the situation. Oh, it's been settled. Somebody say it's been settled. 
I know it, what it looks like in the natural, but it's already been settled. Uh, this is why we're reminded throughout scripture. Watch this. That his word will not fail. Somebody say it's settled. It is his word that will remain forever. Somebody say it's settled. It is his word that will become flesh. Somebody say it's settled. All I need is somebody say one word. I need, I need one word. So this means in seasons of exile, we've got to learn to wait on his word. And here's what the enemy tries us to get us to do. He messes with our mind so we won't wait on our word. Because he knows that if we receive one word, that settles it. And many of us, watch this, we're going to everybody else except waiting on God in our season of exile. Somebody say, wait on his word. Uh, wait on his word. Because it's his word that ensures our promise of our return. So here's a critical question. We've got to ask ourselves in exile, did we receive his word? I'm not moving until I get a word. I'm not telling anybody else, watch this, until I get a word. And girl, maybe you can pray for me, but I don't need a counsel, any counsel until I get a word. I need it. Somebody say, I need his word. I need his word because his word settles it. I heard um, one preacher say it like this. One word from the Lord can change your whole life. So we've got to declare in seasons of exile, somebody say, send, Lord, send me a word. Oh, so that means in seasons of suffering, all you really need is one word. In seasons of setback, all we need, somebody say, is one word. Even in seasons of sickness, all you really need is one word. I'm not going to be stressing over all this. I'm not going to be trying to lay prostrate before the Lord. I'm not going to be trying to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. I'm just going to ask God to give me one word. And many of us lose our minds. We saw it in the prophets. We saw it in the such and such. We trying to get everybody to give us a word except God. And God is saying one word. I can, with one word, I can change your whole life. So here's the critical thing to understand. The reason we can return is because our exile has a decree. Uh, notice what Hebrews 4.12 declares concerning the Lord's word. The Bible says, for the word of God is living, is powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, somebody say, that's where I draw my power from. Yeah, his word is powerful. Uh, this is why we can rest and return when we receive a word. Somebody say a decree. And watch this. Don't prepare to return if, you're, if the Lord has not provided you with a word. Listen, the very fact that I can go back and reconcile with folk that did me wrong is because I have power. Listen, and the only way I have power is by his word. And many of people will ask me, how did you do the difficult thing? Somebody say, I got a word. The reason that I can love my enemies is because I received the word. The reason I can love those who despitefully use me is because I received the word. Can you pick yourself up after the divorce? Somebody say, I received the word. You, God gives me power to return when I get a word. Somebody say, I need a word. I need a word. And watch this. Here's the critical thing. Uh, don't return to that marriage or that ministry void of his word. Because we need power to return. And watch this. Where there is a word from the Lord, it, when the, when, when the, I, I need us to catch this. 
where the words where the Lord's word is not present, that means his will is not present as well. So many of us will return before we receive a word. And God is saying the re maybe the reason God hasn't given you a word to return is because that's not his will for your life. How many of y'all know folk that have stayed in bad relationships and never got a word from God? The reason he's still beating you upside your head is because you're returning and that's not God's will for your life. Oh, somebody say, I need a word. I ain't returning to folk that did me nasty. And God said, no, I, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And you're behind returning and vengeance is coming upon you because it's not God's will for your life. Somebody say, I need a word. Don't return without a word. You're going to find yourself outside the will of God. God only desires us to return to that which is his will. That, watch this. Therefore, if we return while failing to receive his word, our return will be foolish. I love how Proverbs 26, 11 reminds us of this. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool re repeats his folly. And if we can be honest, some of us have returned to some things that prove to be, someone say foolish. In other words, void of his word. And watch this, because it's foolish to return to situations that God has not called us to return to. Many of us have called to, re to um, have been um, returned to friendships that were proven to be foolish. Many of us, watch this, y'all ain't gonna like me, have returned to family that have proven to be foolish. Some of us have returned to financial pursuits that have um, proven to be foolish. Listen, I say this quite often in my church. Um, they got me one time with multi-level marketing. Somebody say, no more. No more. Not again. That, and watch this, the enemy will package it in different ways. But listen, the, the Lord ain't never give you no word. That's not how you're going to be financially free. And because it's packaged somebody, because watch this, because somebody else puts a word on it and not God. We find ourselves, watch this, somebody say foolish. Ooh, it's not me. Listen, I lost $500 one time. I say, somebody say never again. Never again. And watch this. Here's the reason why many of us return even when God hasn't given us a word. Because we return because of our flesh and not a word from the Father. It was your flesh that caused you to get back in the bed. Somebody say it was my flesh. It was my flesh to pursue something that, that I thought would give me financial gain, but it was not from the Father. Somebody it was my flesh. Oh, it, it was y'all flesh. I know y'all don't like that. They fine and all of that, but that was your flesh. Listen, but, but concerning this season, I believe we've received the word from the Lord that will be fulfilled. God has given us a decree concerning our exile. Therefore, our promise to return has been prepared and we've been given power. Somebody say, somebody say, I got power. Oh, that's good news to me. Hear this, and I need y'all to hear this and hear this good. I made mention of this. But don't worry about a word from another when you've received the word from the Lord. Did y'all hear what I just said? Because watch this. The enemy knows how to send people to deter you from returning when you receive a decree from the Lord. How many, how many times have folk tried to deter you from doing what the Lord has told you to do? Somebody say, you ain't God. You ain't God. In other words, people know how you know how to talk you out of stuff that you've already talked to God about. 
I'm not going to let nobody talk me out of stuff that God has already talked to me about. I'm telling you, I said this, I said this a few sermons ago, that people know how to love you with motives. So they know how to smooth talk. They know how to keep you in They know how to get you back. Girl, you know, I was just playing. No, I received the word from God. Girl, girl, you know you can't live without me. No, I got a word from God. Listen, and I said this, I know some, we got visitors, but watch this. Some folk know how to smooth talk you right out your drawers. Somebody say, I need a word from God. I need a word from God. My drawers ain't coming up because I got a word from God. I got a word from God. Watch this. Hear this? We've got to stop letting people, their words have so much power over us. Because their word has no power, but somebody say God's word does. His word has power. Stop giving people so much power over your return when you receive the word from the Lord. Folk will say, how can you go and return back to your daddy after he was never in your life? I received the word from God. It ain't about my daddy. Somebody say it's about that word. How can you hang around folk that dragged your name in the mud. Somebody say, I received a word from God. This ain't about them. And somebody say, it's about his word. Uh, it's about his word. His word has power. So hear this. I need y'all to understand. Our enemy has been defeated. Our exile has a decree. And here's my last thing. I thought I was going to take pictures with my boo this morning, but I thought I was going to be cute. But listen, y'all. I, I, we, somebody say, it's about his word. I'm sweating up here. Let's, let's look at verse number 23. I can't even take no pics, y'all. Notice what the Bible says. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, and all the kingdoms of the earth of the Lord of heaven has given me and has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May the Lord his God be with him and let him go up. Ooh, that's good news to me, y'all. Not only do we have power to return, but we also have the Lord's presence when we return. Ooh, that's good news to me. Uh, that, that means we can't allow this pandemic to keep us bound because somebody said God is with me. Uh, we can't let the perspective of men keep us bound because somebody said God is with me. And we can't allow the pressure of this world to keep us bound because somebody said God is with me. Serene, you were just all in my sermon this morning. If we, and watch this, if we can be honest, this pandemic, the perspectives of men and the pressures of this world know how to cause us to remain in exile. Watch this. The good news is that you can press forward and return when you know God is with you. I love this. Notice what Romans 8.31 says. We sung it this morning. If God, I love the King James Version, if God be for us, who can be against us? Somebody say God is for me. That's good news to me. That means when God is with us, nothing can stand against us, even in our pursuit as we return. And this is why we have a reason to return, because our expectation is divine. What I'm expecting from God, somebody say it's divine. What I'm expecting after this return, somebody say it's divine. It's divine. It's divine. Consider the latter portion of verse 23. And what was spoken concerning the children of Israel by King Cyrus. 
The Bible says, who is among you of all his people? Somebody say his people. May the Lord, his God, be with him and let him go up. Their ability, watch this, to go up or return is because God was with them. And here's the prerequisite in our text for God to be with them. Who is among you of all, somebody say this again, his people. You know you can go to church and not be his people? You know you can know the word and not be his people? Y'all know we can dress up and look all cute and not be God's people? You got folk filling churches and watch this, they're not God's people. So, so, so the critical thing is that I've got to, what's this distinction that makes me God's people? That means if we're, if we're designed to return, the critical question we got to ask ourselves, are we his people? Do we belong to him? Because when we can be confident of this, we can be confident that his presence will go with us. And here's how I know that we're his people. In the midst of exile, you'll still pursue him. In the midst of exile, when things ain't going all right, you'll still give God praise. And then even in the midst of exile, when it feels like things are not working out like I wanted to, I'll still pursue to please him. Somebody say, that's his people. So watch this. If you found yourself not praising him, if you found yourself not pursuing him, if you found yourself not trying to please God in your season of exile, you may want to question, do you belong to him? See, y'all are, oh, y'all real quiet this morning. Y'all don't like that part. Somebody say, do you belong to him? Look at somebody else, because it might be you say, do you belong to him? But watch this. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. Not only does God go with us when we return, but God goes, somebody say, before us. He, this is why I can have confidence to return. This is why I can go to folk that treated me nasty. Not because he's just with me, but he's gone before me. In other words, he's prepared the way for me to return. Oh, somebody say, that's good news. But you've got to belong to him. He prepares the way as we return. And this is why the New International Version of Deuteronomy 31.8 declares, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or, nor be dismayed. We can return with great confidence when we know the Lord has gone before us and prepared our paths to return. I don't want to go nowhere that God has not gone before me. God, matter of fact, I don't want you to hold my hand. I need you to go before me. God says, not only will I go with you, but I'll go before you. Somebody's struggling with returning now. And God has said, I've already gone. Somebody say, before me. There's no need to fear what this next season will bring because I believe the Lord has gone before us and prepared our paths for the journey ahead. Now watch this. This is why we have reason to return because our expectation is divine. Somebody say divine. God is with us. Listen, y'all, I'm done. Happy fourth church anniversary. Watch this. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to somebody this morning. Here's the danger in remaining in exile. Here's the danger. We deny what God, whew. the reason why God has to go before us is because he's preparing something for us when we get there. And the reason why we can't stay in exile, watch this, because our end has a destiny. 
many of us negate what God has already prepared because we're stuck in neutral. God is saying, I know what the doctors are saying. I know the divorce papers are before you. I know the deeds they've done before you. But the reason that I'm going before you is because I got something prepared for you. Listen, I don't want to deny what God has prepared for me. Somebody's struggling with returning. God has told you to go back to the very place where you thought that was going to be your place of exile. But God's saying return. Many churches, I want y'all to hear me and hear me good. Many churches have shut their doors and still not open. God says, I've already gone, somebody say, before me. God has gone before us. And many of us are remaining in exile. And God's saying, your end has a destiny. Watch this, the children of Israel, the Lord said in the book of Genesis that this promised land will be yours. So regardless of what King Nebuchadnezzar was doing, regardless of King Cyrus, God says the promises of God are yes and amen. They cannot fail. Some of us are negating what God has prepared for us. But I believe this is our season to return. I don't know what enemies you've been battling, but I want you to stand to your feet. God has called many of us to return. There's a marriage you're supposed to return to. And God has already given you a word. There's a relationship that God is return, calling you to return to. And God has already given you a word. God is saying that there's a vision that I've placed in your heart that you have put down. And God is saying, I need you to return. I've already gone before you. There's something that's been prepared for you. Get that thing on your heart. If everything that God is calling you to return to. And let me pray. Father, we bless your name. God, we honor you, God, for your people. Thank you, God, that you are with us. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. Matter of fact, God, we thank you, God, that you have gone before us. God, I'm praying, God, for the one that is struggling to return. God, their parents did them so wrong. Their parents abandoned them. Their parents abused them. And God, in your word, you're telling them to return. God, we don't understand, God, what you have prepared for us. But give us power by your word to go and return. God, there's a relationship, God, that has been severed. And you're calling us to reconcile. God, it's difficult to return. But God, let us not deny what you prepared for us. Give us the strength to return. God, there's a vision, God, that we've laid on the, on the side. God, you told us, you, you said it would come to pass. But it's so difficult to pick it back up. God, help us to return. God, we're praying, God, we need strength. But we thank you, God, that our enemy has been defeated. Despite what it looks like in the natural. God, we declare, God, that we still survived. And God, we thank you, God, that our exile has a decree. All we need is one word. So God, even for those that are here who have failed to receive their word, cause them, God, to wait on your word. And as we wait, God, renew our strength. And God, we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that, that our expectation, God, we have an expectation for you, and it's divine. God, it shall be fulfilled. And I pray now, God, for those of us who are scared of what's on the other side of our return, let us know, God, that our end has a destiny. You've only gone before us, 
because you prepared something for us. And for that, God, we say thank you. And God, I'm going to be a little bit selfish right now. I thank you, God, for the way church. I thank you, God, for these people, God, that you called me to steward and to shepherd and to give watch over. I thank you for their lives. God, I pray, God, that you pour into them richly. God, cause them to withstand the wiles of the enemy. God, even in seasons like this, I, God, I pray that they be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Cause them to know, God, that their labor is not in vain. Thank you, God, for allowing me to shepherd such a greater people. God, I'm honored and humbled, God, by you. Thank you, God, for four years. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. And I declare over the lives of these people, great is thy faithfulness. Somebody struggling with their faith, but great is thy faithfulness. God, even when we can't do it, God, great is thy faithfulness. We love you and adore you. And for every heart that believes, that great is his faithfulness. Give God a hand clap of praise.